There we go. We're live for another episode of the Real Life Game Changers. And do we have a game changer for you this evening? This lady needs no introduction. She's been on, I don't know if it's game changer, but definitely been on Transformation Tuesday, definitely been on the Real Life Money Monday. We were just talking about, I think we did an episode while I was in Mexico. We did another one while I was in Turkey. And uh, you always had the sun, though, you know, but this time I don't see no sun. <laughs> yeah. Must have been summer last time. Must have been summer last time. Behind uh, me, look. <laughs> Well, look, what we need to do is, first of all, uh, find uh, find you on here. Find us both on here. Here we go. Now, right, let's get this happening. So give us a comment uh, if you're watching this. This lady doesn't need any advertising. I think that's what the universe is telling us. This was a last-minute booking uh, for to be here. But look, if anybody's been working their ass off, maybe 50 hours a week, maybe 60 hours a week, or more or like Claudine, 90 hours a week to then building a property portfolio and uh, using the income, using the experience, using the knowledge from building teams to be able to move overseas to the sunny land of Spain, uh, to then create other streams of income as well through in other investments and uh, other coaching and, and training and things, then this is the episode for you. Because if you want to build a systemized business so you can work on the things you love, I think, isn't that why you came in the first place, Claudine? You came to the, to the real life island to want to you know, figure out how you can make all this stuff work. I mean, just give us a highlight reel from, uh, from your journey so far, just the highlights, and then we'll dig into all the different areas. Yeah, for sure. Highlights. Wow. There's been so many since I joined the real life island. I like it how you called it that. <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the highlight reel was I was working, yeah, 90 hours a week if you included my commuting time. And frankly, uh, I had a young baby uh, at the time and that was uh, very painful because I didn't get to see him at all. So for me, that had to change. So um, having started my personal development journey and then joined you guys with Real Life, um, uh, after a few years, two to three years, we were like, hey, we want to make a complete change, complete change of lifestyle. And we were like, right, that's it. We came to Spain twice to visit schools, apartments, houses, etc. And then we literally found the school we wanted. We booked Hugo in to international school and we booked the date and we moved we moved over to Spain. So that was four years ago, a week and four years ago that was now. So so that's how much his life has changed. And that was definitely a huge highlight uh, for me. Subsequently, we've had uh, another baby in Spain. So be careful of what's in the water here because there's a lot of Spanish babies that come. And uh, yeah, so since um, he's now, he's going to be two in April and we've had an amazing time with him. Like we've actually like the, it's like night and day from like the experience with um, Hugo, my first baby to now, the fact that I can spend time with him, the fact that I've seen him grow up, the fact that only now I'm, um, is he going to nursery? That's a mega highlight reel for me as well. So, so, you know, all the money and all the investment and all that stuff, that's all good, but that's really the highlight reel is our lifestyle and, and life is really different. Fantastic. So let's like, if people want to go and hear more about your story, you can go and search on the Mark Harvey YouTube channel. You can go and search on the Money Monday, download the Real Life University app, all of the episodes from all of our podcasts since 2018 are on there. Yeah, uh, because right now I want to get into the nooks and the bolts and the crooks of it 
of like what happens and like what what can people do i mean let me know in the comments who's already in property who's doing deals what strategies you're doing like let us know you guys get the luxury of being here live so we can tailor what we talk about so tell us are you already in property yes or no tell us if you're just starting out or you want to get started and if so what strategies you think in what areas you think what maybe some of your problems and challenges are i mean that's quite a lot of stuff to put in but like you know pick what you want from that so yeah but let's with you then claudine like what were some of the problems or challenges that you were running into in the beginning yeah that was not really either not expanding or not growing at the rate that you wanted to like what do you remember what it was um so you mean like even before i got into property world etc or at that time yeah i mean just what led you to the property and what kind of challenges did, did you run into like once you've said, yep, yeah, I want to invest in property or you saw that as a route to go down, what yeah. were you running into or was it just easier? Well, interesting. So, yeah, I guess once I'm once the pain, I guess, was strong enough in my life for me to be like, I've got to do something different. I guess I always I've never been like in love with property. Like, oh, I have to know everything about it. I've always been property sounds like a great vehicle for me to get what I want in life which was, you know, to have a, a much better lifestyle than, than what we had. So I think at the beginning, for me, it took ages, actually. I felt like the first year or so, um, anyone that knows me knows I like to move at some pace. <laughs> so I would say the first year was, was felt really slow. And I guess I had, up until that, until like really joining with real life, I'd been taught um, that you kind of have to take it slowly, that you have to kind of do the lowest risk thing first which was in that in this world kind of take on a buy to let make sure it works then take on another buy to let make sure it works so it was kind of that was the process I was going through and for me I wasn't moving yeah I was just going to say this so did that create any issues or like what did you run into because you were taking it slow and doing the things that perceived less risk yeah, well, it just took too long because the cash flow I was creating wasn't moving me towards where I wanted to go quickly enough. But at the same time, you know, when you kind of like know something and it's like I knew that I wanted what I wanted to get to. So then like the impatience was growing because I was like, I still had to carry on working. I still had to do these 90 hours, etc. But I knew that there was a different way. So it was creating that's the challenge I ran into. So it created so much frustration in me. It was like, come on. Come on, that's where I was. Mm. Like it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, because there's this whole thing about you know property investors and all the rest of it, and there's so much tripe on the market these days. You know, advertising X, yeah. Y, and Z, and am I mentee this and my mentee that? You know, it makes yeah. me smile. Yeah. Now, entrepreneurship is the same thing. People talk about business, and they talk about oh, you've got to be willing to go up the roller coaster and all the rest of it. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Is everybody like how was your life before entrepreneurship, before investing in properties? Was it a bit of a roller coaster then? And I'm just asking you personally. Yeah, I think so. That is kind of life, isn't it? Not everything's like this all the time, or like that. There's always gonna be that that wave is always there. But the interesting thing is if it's gonna be a roller roller coaster either way, and I'm actually just we're gonna be doing a video on this, but like there's different types of income that you can earn. Yeah. Now let me ask you like how like because you had a pretty good job right yeah yeah i mean so i like, look back how, now and it was at the, at the time it sounded great now i know it's a whole load of bs but you know <laughs> it's fine uh, yeah because like how much tax were you paying do you know roughly did you ever work that out 
Uh, I didn't work out in full, but I guess definitely most of it was in the 40% bracket. Thank you, tax man. Wow. And that is insane. I remember when I first yeah. started getting employed, so I was self-employed a lot of time in the construction industry and tried to start some businesses and tech failed miserably. But I remember I started getting 1,200 pounds and I was taking 1,000 pounds home. Yeah, cut a long story short, you guys could go watch the videos on the YouTube and on Facebook and Instagram. You know, but I remember one time I received a paycheck for just one month for 27K. Guess how much I took home? Half that. 15. Can you believe that? Ouch. Yeah. yeah. So then a few years later, obviously, what well, probably one of the reasons you join, you know, the community as well. I remember I sold two properties, made 641K in basically 10 minutes. Yeah. With yeah. 171,000 pounds profit, 171,000 pounds profit. I don't think I ever made that much money in that short space of time at that right. point. And uh, guess how much uh, we get to keep of that? <laughs> most of it all of it all of it nice can you believe this yeah, but you see and, the difference uh, in mindset it's complete isn't it it's like a complete turnaround of mindset because at the time I was thinking oh like 90 grand a year whatever it was it's like oh it sounds great but then actually you're not that's not what you're earning right that's what they tell you but that's not what you're earning it's like you've got a whole load of tax to pay then that's what you take home <laughs> so. I tell you what it's the same as or let me brainstorm this with you you know, it's like that whole, here's my salary. Yeah. Here's yeah. my salary. That's like the vanity of it. Yeah. And it's, and, it, and I think it's today, it's like when people advertise online, here's my property, here's the cash flow. And they ain't included management fees. They ain't included any voids. They ain't even included even freaking, you know, uh, utilities and bills. They basically just say, here's the cash flow I worked at after my refinance. You know, that's yeah. the vanity aspect of it. But, basically how much you taking home yeah? yeah and i know you've had some crazy rides especially with a few different projects which by the way i don't think like do you ever regret doing those projects that you know didn't turn out the way you thought they were going to um i would say i i don't regret doing a project i definitely regret some of the ways that i handled it and uh, do you know the thing i regret the most actually is how i think particularly one of the projects i let overtake my life for a period of time I would say that's the thing that I regretted the most because now I look at it, I think there was always going to be a way out of it. There was always going to be a way to like resolve the situation, but I let it kind of take over who I was for a period of time. And that, that's the thing I regret, not doing the deal. That was, you know, the deal was the deal. It is what it is. But the other thing, I was just talking to my husband about this the other day and we were saying, the fact is because we've built a site of the size of the portfolio we have, we can handle a few mistakes because they're going to happen. You see what I was doing right at the beginning, do one project, hope it works, do another project, hope it works. It's like the minute it goes wrong, which it will, it's like I wasn't equipped to handle it because it's like there wasn't enough there. When you've got a portfolio that's a decent enough size, or at least you know how to handle it, then at least you can handle one or two mistakes within that, like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I feel like giving something away to these wonderful viewers who are going to interact. So if you want to win something, yeah. maybe, it's, maybe it's a book, we can send you a book. Maybe you want some coaching. Maybe you want something else. Maybe some merchandise or something like that. You tell us what you want. We're feeling festive today. Well, what you got to do is hit the share button. Let us know you shared it and then tag at least 10 other people. Those people will be eligible to go into a little prize draw. We'll pull your name out of a hat and uh, we will let you know who's winning. Yeah, oh, I actually want to advertise. Nice. I love the book idea. Is that your book, Mark? 
superb book. I'm actually going to be right. We're writing a book with the kids, you know. It's amazing. We did probably 85% of it, and then we just kind of fell off a cliff. But um, it's one of my quarter goals. It's one of my contributions. I want to get the book out and just sell it at cost. You know, we don't want to make any profit unless the kids want to make profit. That's up to them. You know, maybe they, maybe they persuade me to sell it with a bit of a profit. But we want to get it out there. It's actually like a textbook. Yeah. In fact, I want to send you one. Yeah, for you and your kids. So it's for the parents right. to sit down with the kids and actually the kids will read it and the kids will be saying what actions they're then going to take in different areas of their life. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. You're going to send it to right. me in space? Yeah, for sure. Of course. Well, I'm going to send it on the moon. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think that Hugo would love it. <laughs> yeah. Let me know who, who would like a book to work with their children or maybe they know someone with children. Yeah. Who would like that book? Yeah. Let me know. But also make sure you do sharing, hit the share button because we want to give some goodies away. Maybe you want a hoodie. Maybe you want a cook. We'll give you the choice. You could choose what it is that you want. Maybe we even give you three months coaching. Yeah, if you're not already on coaching or haven't already had it. Yeah, we just want to help people move forward, right? So yeah, we do. Let's, yeah. So let's let's so let's talk about this. It took over your life. Like, what aspect did it take over your life? You know, because before you answer that. This whole thing where people say, oh, you know, as an entrepreneur or as an investor, it's really difficult. Anyone who says it's easy it's because they don't know. And I have people comment on my stuff sometimes saying, oh, you must be genius because I've been in property 40 years and it's hard uphill battle and all the rest of it. Yeah. I just yeah. think, you know, you, you could go to the gym and it could be easy. You could go to the gym and you could hate it. It's, it's like, do you do what you love or do you learn to love what you do? Mm. And before you answer it because I, I just want to say the other day I, I don't necessarily like cleaning yeah but you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes i got to do it yeah so I, I just whacked the music on full blast and started freaking dancing around and cleaning up so I, I learned to love what I was doing I don't necessarily was doing what I love but I learned to love what I was doing yeah, yeah. and I think that's the secret to winning in life in business and in, in, in property being an entrepreneur but like ha first of all let's talk about how did it at that time because i know you made lots of progress through your coaching and your training that you've been receiving yeah. but um, <laughs> how did your life and how did you let that happen yeah i think i think that and it was at a time obviously of total confusion in the world anyway right in covid times so i think there was a, there was a lot externally happening also i think the way i let it take over my life was that i felt like at no like i had to fix it no matter what and it was like, the only way I knew then how to fix the situation was to basically throw my time and energy at it. So that was basically what I was doing. I was like, right, from basically I ended up creating a job for myself whereby from morning to evening, most of the time I was either on calls, sending emails, trying to deal with the situation in some way, shape or form, thinking that that was the only way that it would actually resolve, resolve the issues, resolve everything that was going on. So that's why it took over my life because in fact, if I think about it now, the amount of money I left on the table because of things that I didn't take action on because I was so invested in this, actually, it cost me a lot more than just that project itself. So, so that that's really what happened. And I think, and I did a post about this on my on my Facebook page the other day. Is it actually taught me the process of not having to work so hard for it because I realised that because I was working so hard at it, I was squeezing the life out of it, and I couldn't see it from afar. I was literally this close to it, so I couldn't see what was happening. And actually, the the time that I had to let go, you're not going to believe this, right? 
but I was pregnant with Felix and literally a week before I handed over, because I had some amazing business partners and I handed over the project because it was kind of sorting itself out, but I had to, had to hand it over to them. Literally, it was actually four days later, I gave birth to him. I handed it all over and literally he arrived. So that's what I've been carrying all this time. So I gave more, I gave birth to more than just a baby. I got rid of all that stuff as well. Mm. And subsequently I realized, hey, like I need to stop working so hard and squeezing the life out of it, thinking that I'm going to fix everything because it didn't work that way. Actually me giving it some space and trusting other people to do it actually, actually yeah. made it work a whole lot better. So that was a, yeah. that was a big learning, but that was a year of my life that was really tied up in this, really tied up in it. But thank God I had some support, like you said, the coaching and everything. Absolutely. And here's the, here's the interesting thing. Cause you played tennis, right? Yeah. I haven't for a while, I'm not going to lie, but yeah. <laughs> still, still owe me a game. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, let me get back I into still... it. I feel like you're much better than me now. <laughs> and then let's not go up with any excuses, come on. Yeah. In fact, you, I mean, technically, you've been playing long, way longer than me. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's actually true. But it is like tennis. If, if you try too hard, like you yeah. can't just hit the ball as hard as you can you know it's the finesse and this is what a lot of people and, and obviously you learn that they kind of like strangle the project or they strangle the the situation and actually become the bottleneck they become the problem they intensify the problem and it gets worse and it is yeah. because a lot of people out there they are taught classroom style teaching or video style teaching and they're taught basically to be like an average investor you know just follow the textbook this is how it works. i mean because how it works is how it works it's a math you know it's not rocket science it's a mathematical equation on how it works but the finesse part you know just like tennis hit the ball over the net one more time than the other person i mean yes. what could be more, what could be more freaking simple than that yeah but as uh <laughs> people of the game will know it's all about the mindset mm-hmm so when you learn to be a real entrepreneur, you can actually make some serious freaking money. Yeah. Actually, after like after that process and then having had a newborn, which as you'll know very well, and you're about to go back into it again, it's like that all encompassing, nothing else matters in the world from the newborn baby. And actually that's when I, I had to let go of absolutely everything. And interestingly enough, a few months after that, I ended up making more money than I ever have before. Um, because I then trusted the process with other investments, there was more things happening and me just letting go of it, letting the team do what they needed to do and what they're good at. And actually that really did open up my eyes quite dramatically to me just letting go of it. So I'm not I mean, against would you, it, but I understand it more now. <laughs> would you say that that side of it was more important, you know, learning about that and training on that? than the actual technical ins and outs of, oh, what number does this mean and what number does that mean? You know, which one would you say is the more important and which has served you best in terms of your, you know, business? No, that, les that lesson taught me everything because then I could promote the people around me, the team, and be like, right, you're now responsible for this, go and deliver it. And that's, that's what they started doing because finally I was like, hey, my priority is here. At the time it was a newborn baby and now it's, you know, my health and exercise and things like that. I wasn't prioritizing any of that because I felt like I had to be the one doing everything, as you said, squeezing the life out of it. But that's the biggest lesson. And no amount of technical information is going to give you that. <laughs> and actually, you've got to kind of go. I also, if I hadn't gone through the experience, I don't know if I would have learned the lesson that way. 
Um, but one thing I do know is the universe will only give me challenges that they know I can handle. So the fact that I had to take on that project and then go get through to the other side of it, as painful as it was, I mean, honestly, I've never experienced anxiety like it ever in my life. But I think in a way it ended up in a better place because, you know, there are <laughs> things that are kind of are better now. And I know that I can handle if I can handle that. I know I can handle a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love tennis so much, because it's taught me to like you just got to go with the flow, like, you know, getting angry about it, getting upset literally makes your game worse. So why yeah. would that be any, why would that be any different to life? Agreed. You know, yeah, tennis is a good teacher. You're right. <laughs> and this is why I'm sure you would agree. It's definitely some of the training programs and why maybe counterintuitively the way we do things, people mm -hmm. are like, you know, got to do with property but then by the end of it they're like i get it you know and it's because games show you who you are you know mm -hmm. like if you play, you play tennis long enough you will tell you who you are what you're like i mean tennis has taught me exactly who i am i love it that's why i keep going plus i just love it anyway yeah <laughs> so, it's addictive <laughs> so how did you so so explain like these people out there you know listening to this they're either wanting to get started or they're, they're on their way and they're going to run into all of these waves that are going to come their way. And some people try and fight the waves, mm. you know, like you say, causing the anxiety and all of that. So yeah. how, how, how can you share what you did, how you handled it, how you got over it, you know, to maybe uh, help some other aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. I mean, I think, what your your question is an interesting one because ultimately like you say there's going to always going to be something that you're going to run into it doesn't matter if it's your first project or your 50th project there's always going to be some level of issue some level of problem and i think that's where like i realized i had to grow myself bigger much bigger than the problem and when i grew myself in a way that that i felt big enough to be able to handle it the problems become much 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 smaller and i honestly i did that through um actually primarily the real support I had was through um, was through coaching so I ended up on a lot of coaching calls where I was proper crying my eyes out not being able to think clearly about what was going on and that coach was able to ask enough questions to be like hey like what is actually going on and distilling it down to the ridiculous to like the most basic thing that it'd be like right can you handle that and it was like yeah and I remember them saying they were like it's just one step at a time we'll do it together one step at a time because i was i was creating all these like terrible scenarios i was four thousand steps ahead of where i was creating all this stuff and actually it was just what's the one step at a time that we need to handle and that just kind of made made me able to be more present and just calmer right so we got it we got it distilled so the coaching made a to, to be honest made a huge difference to my life um and my business partners were super supportive too. I had a lot of phone calls with them where I was like, eventually when I was ready to, I was just like, I don't know if I can handle this. And I actually allowed them to step in and help because before I was were just trying to deal with it. Were they from real life as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the time, yeah. Important, <laughs> important again. And, and this is why, and you know, some people, you know, they, maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they do. That's why we have to be and we must be and we are the only 100 percent active 
you know, property entrepreneur group out there, meaning you've got to actively be training, you've got to actively be coaching, you've got to actively be involved. Because if you're not, you know, that's like a footballer saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm in the team now, so uh, I'll just come to match days and I'll do no training. Yeah, and I think a lot of this comes from the corporate world. You know, one of my people that I work with, you know, coaching him, he's taking his business to 100 million. I love it. I love working with people like this. Yeah, and we're talking about teams and building the teams and all the rest of it. And we're talking about the corporate world. It's unheard of. And, and you were in the corporate world. I mean, how often did you guys train? Be honest, you know, when you're in your corporate job, how, how often were people training? <laughs> I don't know, maybe every six months, maybe every, every year. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're wearing we HR, so, <laughs> so we kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. So, so I remember the thing that turned my life around is when I started training every day. You know, we were doing yeah. at, le- at least 30 minutes training every day. It was freaking unheard of in the corporate world. Yeah. But like when I realized like sales or marketing, customer service, um, I didn't too get too much involved in the programming, the software developers and all that. So I don't know what those guys did, but like <laughs> anything around customer facing all of that stuff. Yeah. It was like, how can you expect to be any good if you don't train? That, that would mm-hmm. be like any movie star to just read the script one time and say, yep, let's shoot, you know, men in black. Yeah. Let's shoot the film now. You know, let's go and sh- let's go and shoot, you know, a Bohemian Rhapsody as a film. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. crazy guys. Can you put it in the comments if this is making any sense? Like if you don't train. Yeah. Because I don't know how people can think they already, like they already know, or they figured it out or they did one property deal. So no more training, no more coaching yeah, because it's not necessarily like guys. They're not training them on how to kick a ball or hit a ball or whatever. You know, no. yeah, obviously not a deal, but it's like, it's the finesse, it's the fin- finesse of the deal. Are you able to share, Claudine, some times where you maybe have stepped away and you weren't doing as much training and like what happened in your life versus when you were? You, you got any uh, stories about that? Um, I think, to be honest, that... Um... Probably in the last couple of years, I think since I've had since I had Felix, certainly in the first year when he was when he was born, I definitely didn't do as much as I normally have. Um, because I, I would say in the last six years, I've been pretty religious with attending church. Well, as you know, <laughs> I've been to so many events. So I think, yeah, attending events, reattending events, um, crewing at events, you know, keeping up to date in, on the coaching side as well, so that I'm the best coach that I can be. All of those things, I was, I've was i been super religious. I would say in the last sort of year, um, yeah, a year ago, probably much less though. So I think I kind of stepped back and I, and I felt that in a way, because then, you know, that sort of sense of community, that sense of like people pulling you up, that feeling of like, come on, you can do, you can do this. Don't mean you have to do everything harder. It just means that you can, like, there's a level of accountability there. I feel like that definitely has has stepped back a little bit and you can probably see it a little bit I would say in like particularly my health has suffered a bit more than it would have before so that is sort of a big refocus for me this year um but yeah I, I would say like and there's also probably an element of like you know I guess having reached a certain amount of success dare I say it you know I think there is a little bit of like taking a foot off the pedal sometimes and I felt obviously having had a newborn that I was like, yeah, cool. I'm good. <laughs> I'm kind of happy for a year, just chilling, doing this. So, yeah, so yeah I, do, I definitely know the difference. Absolutely. You're right. But it's like people can relate to straight away physical fitness. Yeah. Like if people are 
been a runner or they've played any sport, if they even have two weeks off, three weeks off, four weeks off, especially if you have months off and then you go back, you feel it physically. Yeah. So why would it be any different financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? You know, like, you know, I did meditation for a long time and I fell off the wagon, you know, last year, 2023, you know, and, and but it takes time for me to realize like, oh, that's the problem or that's the fit, like, you know, my ability to be able to connect, be calm, be coherent, like training. Yeah. You know, it's a practice. It's not yeah. something you do. You know, it's something you do. Yeah. And when yeah. it comes to like, you don't need to relearn how to freaking work numbers out. But when people are only just looking at the cash flow or they're only just looking at the refinance and they're wondering why they're making no money because they don't know about stamp duty rebates, they don't know about research and development, they don't know about capital allowances, they don't know how to you know, milk the asset, you don't know how to get paid three, four, five, six times on one freaking property deal. You know why? Because they're just learning to be an investor rather than be a real entrepreneur. You know, yeah. I, made more, I made more money in this industry in this property industry than far anything else by far yeah and and i and if i look at it and say wow i'm gonna make well my, one of my latest deals i'm gonna make 600 pounds you know after all interest is served yeah you know? and, I, and i'm like if all i looked at was that yeah, yeah. that'd be madness yeah, yeah. but there's that a six-figure capital allowance we're going to get, which means we can make over 100 grand tax-free. There's going to be a 20k cash payment we're going to get back, and we're going to also there's going to be a 4,000 pound cash we're going to get back. So basically, there's 125 grand as a minimum. That's before yeah. we consider the cash flow. That's before we do any refinance. Yeah. So like people, you, you need to figure this stuff out, guys, because if not. You're not really going to make a lot of money or you just have to go and resort to what everyone else is doing, which I've got to go source deals is my only way I can make money or I've got to do rent to rent. If you ask me, I'm not saying don't do those things. But what I'm saying is you've got to do those things as a quick win while you're building your medium returns. We've got quick yeah. wins, medium returns, marathons. We Literally. teach this in the partner, right? You remember that? Yeah. Because yeah? if you ain't got these sp plates spinning and all you're ever doing is working on a quick win, basically you've got a job. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it is. And also, you know, investing is a long term game as well. And, you know, if it, just what you were saying about milking the asset, you know, some of the buy to lets, we, the initial ones that I was talking about earlier, it's like, you know, we, we've ended up selling them a couple of years down the line for like double the price that we bought them for. And in that time, we had them rented, we had the money back on refinance, and we said they were cash flowing for that period of time. So in a way, what was also stopping me doing that though was my ego around oh well that means i haven't got those assets anymore and i was like oh i'm not sure that's what i want because my whole identity was around oh i've got this many thousand properties da, 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 so then i don't become that anymore and then i was like i don't think so i don't think that's that important anymore i was like actually what am i going to do with the money that i've made from selling them i can then repurpose it reinvest it and now we make money way more easily so you know like when, once that ego gets out of the way it's kind of helpful <laughs> i found too it helps you reload and go again i know we covered it in our partner program session just last week yeah, yeah about repositioning well, actually, we don't have time or the depth to be able to go in it on this session but like yeah. the, the well, i mean what do you rather have like all, all of these sets of keys or three million quid in your bank ready to re you reload and go yeah, like like I remember, we sort like a refinanced a property, sold a property. We took the we took the money, and then uh, we put it into like buying stock options. Which yeah. which by the way, which, which by the way, someone 
takes their skim off it because I don't do it because I ain't into that, you know, but they take their skim off it and it still makes more money, you know, yeah. from the from the money. So then I can, you know, it's, and it's another way to make money. Yeah, this is the real life wealth creation that, that we're obviously cooking and we're talking about. So is there any last questions that some people might want to put in? If you've got any questions for what's going on in your journey, your property deals or whatever it is, let us know. Uh, let yeah, us know if you've got any questions. By the way, your point about stock options is a really good one because what it did open up the world to was also because what you're saying about like having obviously that so basically there are people that we pay to run it right and we're paying for their expertise and for their experience 30 years worth of experience that they bring to the table so it's really interesting that actually like all of a sudden we're looking at like this like little triangle of time money and energy and it's like well some people will be like oh well i don't want to pay a percentage of it to people because oh it means that i don't get it and it's like well actually think about it how much time and energy have we had to invest yes there's due diligence yes there's still a checking of the process yes there's obviously all of those elements but ultimately how much are we able to create without requiring all of our time and energy it's a no-brainer that's how that's how we see it now right five years ago i wouldn't have seen it that way <laughs> mm. i would have been like no 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 i don't want to pay them that now i'm like no no please carry on <laughs> so it's a complete yeah. shift of mindset so we've got a question here uh how do we yeah. control rising cost and energy in hmos um how do we do that well <laughs> they do go they are shifting a bit up and down well we put um what they're called like thermostat we have thermostat control in all of the properties that can be managed remotely so that they don't just bang on the heating all day that's usually quite important uh we write to the tenants to explain to them like when we put the heating on and when we keep it off and everything like that so that they are understanding of of the timings and and why we do it so that's normally what we do to kind of uh to kind of keep it under control <laughs> as much as yeah. possible yeah in hey, we was Oh, yeah. There's another one we used as well. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But Inspire is better. We've up, we've upgraded some of them to that. Yeah. It is pretty That's simple and straightforward of, of like just like telling the tenants like, hey, look, the costs are increasing. So yeah. like we we can keep it as it is if if your usage is within the fair usage policy yeah so just decide on what fair usage is and if it goes over it then each tenant's got to contribute it's very yeah, easy forward, but people just don't put the time and effort to kind of set that scene and do it yeah but it's yeah. definitely and I worth feel like when you're communicating with the tenants as well then they do feel like there's a human behind it and i think that that does i find they like tend to respond quite well to that um and um what else was i saying what else are we doing um Oh yeah, the fair usage policy, and uh, yeah, and basically, and we've increased rents as well. So basically, because obviously yeah. everyone with the cost of uh, living increases, we've managed we've managed to increase rents, and people are understanding of that because they know that what's going on. So we've kind of put everything up by you know ten pounds a week, whatever. So yeah, and also, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying I did this, but you know, we were recording a crazy ass documentary where I was handcuffed to someone. It's going to be so funny when that comes out. Yeah, look forward yeah, to that. Uh, I, we actually found a place where someone was paying seven hundred pounds for the room plus bills. Nice. Yeah, near <laughs> near 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 a hospital. So it's like, wow, you know, like the the. And as long as you bring in good service, good thing, like people are there. You know, if you when I go to other countries, yeah, and I do the due diligence on property and investing and. 
and people say you can't do that here you know you can't do that you know in the beginning i was like oh wow you know i'm so glad to be in the uk and all the rest of it and then i started thinking hold on a second when i was even in the uk when i first started saying oh, this is what i'm going to do people were telling me you can't do it you know mm -hmm. so if the mainstream amount of people say you can't do this in england but yeah we absolutely have then surely it's the same elsewhere so then when i started looking a bit deeper i realized yeah of course it can be done it can be done anywhere on the freaking planet mm -hmm. yeah. where, where there's people where there's people and where there's homes yeah different levels of margin yeah and different level like even in freaking egypt it can be done but obviously the margins are different yeah, yeah. The, you know process is a little bit different yeah but in terms of you know how it works and how people earn money and all the rest of it they're all just mathematical equations. So it can actually be done anywhere, especially in Europe, Eastern Europe as well. There's a lot of opportunity in Romania, which I'm going to be flying to this week. Yeah. Nice. And, and Poland and the Czech Republic. You know, these are just some of the places where I've already done the due diligence. You know, yeah. so my question to the, to the UK people, you know, what are we going to do to uh, increase our profits uh, and increase our level of value that we're giving? Here we go. Seema said, I have a fair usage policy of my ST, but some tenants refuse to pay extra energy for over usage. Yeah, so here's this thing. You can have it in the AST, but did they agree it? Yeah, because if they've signed it, which ultimately they should have, then that's what it is. But again, are we having these conversations? Because if we're just going to leave it down to management agents to you know, have yeah. these conversations, they probably won't because it's an awkward thing. You know, I'm actually just thought of a new idea. What I might do is I'm going to just record a freaking video so they can actually see my face as well. And we'll say, welcome. Thank you for being here. If you've got any questions, please direct them to this. And I'm just bringing you a bit of an update here. This is what we want to do. Just make sure you're aware of it. Yeah. And uh, actually, just, yeah, why not? Go subscribe to my YouTube channel at the same time. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And also the managing agent is not going to be that engaged in that process necessarily because do they make extra money from them paying a bit of the bills? No, they don't. So it's like, how do you engage the team to get them on board to actually working with you on it? Because it's just extra yeah. work for them, isn't it? That's how they see it. Yeah. So, so um, but it is like a little bit... <sighs> they got their hands full so we've got to give it to them you know got to find tenants replace them deal with yeah. mice and this and that and blah 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 all that jazz bins, yeah. Not bins issues. yeah there's always stuff for them to deal with yeah exactly they have they, they have a lot to deal with already for sure so yeah getting them on board is is super important yeah so jenny's asking i think she what she's trying to say here is are most of your properties and business in the uk or in spain uh, yeah, properties are still still in the UK. So we've still been able to buy um, in the UK. We are looking in Spain. We've, to be honest, with I think it, with COVID when we moved here at the time, it was just one of those awkward times to start. But um, but yeah, we we are looking. We're looking for somewhere because you know we live right by the sea. We're like one minute from the beach here, which is amazing. And you know, <laughs> it's like. You know, when you live by the sea all year round, like when it comes to summer, I can't wait to get away from the beach and all of the tourists and all the heat. So we're looking, we're looking for a place inland as well, which we can like do like rural tourism. So we, because we go to the mountains in the summer. Florian, <laughs> why are you asking most of the population who do not live near the beach? You're asking them, do you know when you live near the beach? No, they freaking don't know. 
<laughs> no, you're right. They don't. I'm just saying, imagine you live by the beach all year round and then it gets to July and August and you're like, oh my God, it's so hot here and there's too many tourists. So then we're like, see ya. So, so we rent out our apartment. So if anyone wants to come to Sitges in Spain in the summer, let me know because <laughs> we'll be renting our apartment out and uh, we'll be going to the mountains, <laughs> which is cool. Good, excellent, yeah. Well, that's nice. So, you know, if we hadn't made the move, we wouldn't have known that. So it's just like another level to be able to go to, right? To be like, hey, we have a place by the beach and we have a place in the country. Like it's an, it's like another level of game. That's what we should all be aspiring to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, for sure. You know, people, they're very limited with their thought and the process, you know, based on, you know, maybe what they've been told or what they've seen growing up of what, what the limits are, which is why we want to help more people. By the way, who, where are my London people? Where are my London, surrounding London? Because we're going to be in yeah. Heathrow in the 2nd and 3rd of Jan. No, 2nd and 3rd of Jan, that's gone. 2nd and 3rd of February, yeah, Friday and a Saturday. Oh, my goodness, is that going to be rocking 2024? That's going yeah. to be an absolute big. I think people have got the thirst and the hunger back for, like, real training. Yeah, not none of this, you know, online, you know, jazz anymore. I'm not saying online is no good. You know, it's no. got its purpose. If you want real transformation, you've got to get in the room. You've got to see, you know, see people and uh, and get some real uh, business happening, which is what we'll be doing. You know, so let us know. Direct message me if you want to get that cracked up. Um, we are given a massive incentive, by the way, only to the first 200 people because there's a limitation to to reserve their ticket. You know, so we've had many people have registered for free. You can register for free. Uh, but I'm pretty certain that uh, all the people would have reserved those tickets. So if you want to secure your ticket and make sure you got it rather than showing up, because it won't be us who turn you away, you know, it'll be the freaking hotel. The hotel say you can't let any more people in the room, fire regulations and all that jazz. So it won't be us saying it. I mean, for me, all of you come in, you can stand up. <laughs> I don't care if you've got no seats or what. Yeah, but um, the hotel just won't let it in. So get secured on that and uh, let's rock this world. Yeah, so... Claudine, let me ask you, because we've got to give the guys time to go into the mastermind for those people in the real life tribe yes. who are watching, are watching yes. it live. Here. Yeah. What what would your kind of message be to the people who maybe are just aspiring, wanting to do something different in life? Maybe they've got that needling feeling inside that, you know, some like there's more to life or maybe they've attempted something and failed. What would your advice be to them? you know, coming from you because of the experience that you've had in the transition you've made? Um, yeah, it's a great question. There's a few things, but I think the main thing that I've lived with, and I think it's it's worked out overall pretty well for me, is to think big and then to kind of set some big goals and then make some move towards those. And I think in my experience as a coach, but also in my own life, I think sometimes when when people set goals that are too small, that don't seem significant enough, they're not going to make any move towards it. Or when something really, or like a hurdle comes in the way, they're not going to do what it takes to get over it. So I think for me, it is think big and yeah, set some big goals and, and make your move towards them because then it will help with the obstacles, I would say. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so let's have a look at this. So we've got a little prize draw going on here and yeah. uh, some some numbers have been put into the hat here, yeah? So you got to pick a number, one or two. 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 Yeah, so this person, Dawn Douglas, you got to comment. Let us know you're still here. 
and uh, just oh, message you're here, message the Mark Harvey page, put a hashtag winner. You got to put a hashtag winner, and then you tell us what you want if you know what we've got already. Um, or what we will do is send you a link so you can choose what it is you want. Yeah, but you got to comment right now, or we will be going to the other one. Yeah, so when the issue's still there, you got to comment, you got to comment. You literally got. Uh, hey, yes, 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 there's a comment. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, hashtag winner into the Harvey inbox. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, Claudine, one more question I want to ask you, but before I ask you that question, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here. You know, I'm going to have to start counting up how many times you've appeared on these things, uh, but great value. <laughs> I know you're inspiring. Uh, especially to all the wonderful mothers, wives, and the women out there of this world. Yeah. So what an inspiration you are uh, to you. even the guys. Yeah. Like guys, you know, <laughs> step up, you know, and uh, get your shit sorted. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me on, Mark. It's been lovely to uh, to talk to you and the uh, and the people watching. By the way, is there only one price draw? I thought there was going to be two. <laughs> It's too bright. No, they can pick. They can pick. Next next time. Oh, next week I'm still away. But so the week after, tune in and uh, let's get this thing rocking. So uh, let me ask you this. Yeah, we got a, a, a saying in our community. Mm. Yeah, that you got to do the right thing for the right reason. Now, why is that? Because it's the only way to discover your true potential. <laughs> there you go. You got it from Claudine. So next time, until next time, make sure you do just that. Exactly. <laughs> See you. There you go. <laughs>